0: Time to stand up. It's time to rise up. It's time to lift each other up. What you gonna do? That's up to you. What's up everybody? Welcome up, to I the first it. episode of Life in Babylon. My name is Lex Michael. I'm a Harvard undergraduate student. I'll be turning 20 this weekend, as of the time of this recording. Today, We're going to be talking about statistics regarding police brutality, because I've heard a lot of arguments, um, all of which saying different things, but then also a lot of things that I feel need clarification. So the first statistic we're going to look into is from Statista.com. According to Statista.com, there were 1,004 fatal police shootings in 2019. 235 of which were of black people, 370 of which were white. The source of these statistics is the Washington Post. They have a database, and an important point is made regarding these numbers, stating, Although half of the people shot and killed by police are white, black Americans are shot at a disproportionate rate. They account for less than 13% of the U.S. population, but are killed by police at more than twice the rate of white Americans. Hispanic Americans are also killed by police at a disproportionate rate. All right. The statistic was for the people who argue that you are more likely to be shot if you are a white man than if you are black. The data shows that more white people are shot, but on a per million rate, black people are twice as likely to be shot. There's a difference between rates and probabilities, but based on the data, it's clear that statistically, black Americans are at much greater risk. I've heard a lot of uh, news blippets and stuff like that here and there talking about you're more likely to be shot if you're white. And if you will look at the statistic, it, would, it could be argued that more white people are shot for sure. But on a per million rate, at a, um, in terms of likelihood, you are more likely to be shot if you are black. Um, I wanted to address that argument because I feel as though a lot of arguments have been made without the proper statistical backing. So, let's also talk about unarmed shootings. According to mappingpoliceviolence.org, nearly one in three black people killed by police in 2015 were identified as unarmed, even though the actual number is likely higher due to underreporting. 36% of unarmed people killed by police were black in 2015, despite black people being only 13% of the U.S. population. Unarmed black people were killed at five times the rate of unarmed whites in 2015. My only reservation on this data is that it's a little bit dated, okay? However, the data was compiled and scrutinized, and you can check their sources on their site if you feel so inclined. And my point And explaining these statistics ties into a much larger point that I want to present to you, and that is that our fight as a national community regarding equality is far from over. Right? And we're gonna clarify why as this podcast goes on. Now, it's important to also note that statistics vary by area. According to an article on Nature.com, St. Louis of which Ferguson is a suburb, has one of the highest rates of police shooting civilians per capita in the United States, whereas New York City consistently has one of the lowest. However, fatal police shootings happen all over the US, and there is very little comprehensive data on them. Just to keep things in perspective here. But one of the things that I really take issue with um, is this following argument, I've heard a lot of people giving the Black community grief for "quote unquote" whining about systemic systemic racism, when all of the struggles we're currently facing as a community are byproducts of systemic racism. I'm talking about incarceration rates, education, poverty, criminal and gang activity. I'm talking about all the ways in which our race, our people, were disenfranchised by the powers that be, the white establishment. Right? They replaced. Slavery with segregation and Jim Crow laws. And they took their wealth with them to the suburbs during white flight, suburban flight, leaving the inner cities to fend for themselves. So we've had about 55 years of equality with racism, mind you, after 300 years of oppression. While at the same time, white America was building on our backs, starting companies, building wealth, exercising their liberties and freedoms. lead them directly into today and you're gonna wonder why we take issue with the system okay we're gonna look at this like a race okay between the white community and black community just for analogy in america right so let's say for 200 years you chain the black community to the starting point Let's not even include the fact that you beat them down at every given opportunity. We're not going to include that. Then you unchain them. But for the next hundred years, did everything in your power to prevent them from being able to run in the race. And so now, after 50 years of continued, sometimes subtle, sometimes not so subtle obstacles, you're going to turn around and tell us everything's okay. Just keep running this race. You're equal. I wanna say something to anyone who believes our struggle is in the past, it's not. And the sins of the father befall the son. It is white America's responsibility to own that history and to make it right. And when they see the wrong that continues to plague America to fight it, that's your job. That's your job. The reason we as a people are still hurting is because these wounds are fresh. The Civil Rights Movement took place in the 1960s. The Civil Rights Act was signed in 1968. MLK was shot in that same week less than 60 years ago. And now, every black person that we see being killed in your system, by your system, reopens that wound. You're responsible. And you don't get to tell us we're fine. We're not. I'm speaking to the majority here. We people trying to compete in a society that hated us and oppressed us for several hundred years. The American dream can only be real when the majority respects the minority and when they are equal within the judicial and economic system which we never have been. We don't know what to do, but what we do know is that the majority in this country, has been dismissive to our struggles, complicit in our struggles. And we don't have people looking out for us. Our cities, our schools, protectors, our leaders, all playing a hand in our pain. So what are we supposed to do? That question and the anxiety and anger that comes with it is the source of the anger you see in us today. But my message to the black community is this. We're always stronger when we stand together. Always have been. And we're gonna have to. And we don't need the riots to make our point. We've proven that already. But we also need to make it known to America that we're not going to accept silence anymore. Slavery was ended with a fight. Segregation was ended with a fight. And it's time for racism to end too. So, what's it gonna be? That's a question America's gonna have to answer. That's a question that the majority is going to have to answer because whenever the fight took place, it was against the majority. And to the racists, you have the right to be wrong. That's the double edged sword of freedom. You have every right to believe that I'm not valuable as a human being because of my skin color. But you don't need to be a cop. (laughs) And whether you like it or not, I have the same rights as you in America. And police officers need to understand this. You have authority over us. Okay, You have power, legally, to tell us what to do, amongst other things. And to see that you can, or seem to think you can, and often do, use and abuse this power with little to no consequences is terrifying. And you don't get to use the few bad apples argument, because we have no way of knowing who's a bad apple or not. What we do know is that America is yet to stand by its promise of equality. History isn't over. In the past, is still affecting us. So what are we going to do to make it better? So what are we going to do to make it better? Guys, in my next episode, I'll be diving into systemic racism and how the history of American oppression directly spills into today. It might be a while. And when I take on issues, I want to make sure that I'm speaking truth and not generating lies or hate. My goal is to bring these issues forward to you so that we can begin thinking about solutions. Police brutality is a problem, attached to a much bigger problem of racism. We can't really solve racism, but we can pinpoint the places that it affects us most and start making moves. Guys, I love America. It's my home. So do most black citizens, I would argue, but it's got to love us back. We still feel the hate. Every day, we have to see some change. We have to see some change. That's it. For, uh, that's it for today, guys. Um, I don't know who's going to hear this. Um, if someone needs to hear this, I ask that you would share it with them. Hopefully, you guys got something valuable from this podcast today. Hopefully, I'll see you guys. The next episode. Until then, remember, we do need to stand together and we do need to stand for what's right. With that said, I'll see you guys in the next episode.